0: So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field and garrison hurt takes advantage of it he takes the handle Takes the right gets to the 20. he's in the 30. needs to cut in he comes back up the right sideline breaks the third tackle comes down to the 30. he's down to the 20. he's out of the 10. he's down the five he's in the end zone touchdown touchdown 49ers 96 yards run from scrimmage garrison hurt breaking tackle after tackle swings down the sideline
1: Close after
0: a marathon. Young, back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again.
1: To the 35. That's back at the 30. To the 20. The 50. The 10. He died. Touchdown down 49. Third down. Alex takes the snap. Alex looking down. And, and he's got him.
0: Second down, Lions takes the best. Gross the playing to the left side. It's Russell Kidding. The 49ers pick it, and Navarro Bowman is redemption. Navarro
1: Bowman running it all.
0: Yeah. 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 Click, click, boom. What's going on, Faithfuls? The Nothing But Niners crew is back. We're here to bring you guys a fun-filled episode, as you guys already know, man. I'm your guy, 49ers Mike underscore NFL. To my right is my guy, Tony. He is NJ Niner fan, 499. Tony, what's going on, man? Yeah. Nothing, buddy. What's going on? Yeah, I'm going to have to call you Scoop. Like, Scoop Bald What's Head. that? Scoop. You ever heard that expression before? Like, you got a Scoop Bald Head? No? I've mm-hmm. heard that? Ah, sorry, It's fine. That's oh, fine, sorry. It's, it's all good, man. We got a lot of things to discuss today, man. Um, We're going to break down. We're going to start our off-season program here. It's time to get things up and running. But Before you get to turning the page to the upcoming season and free agency and draft and all that kind of stuff, you have to reflect. And every reflection with us is going to start with grades. It is that time of year, man. It's time for us to grade the season on what we just had. We know where the team ended and all. But what we're going to do is going to break this up in defense, offense. Then we're going to do special teams and coaching staff. Um, so we're going to get – that's three episodes just right there. Um, and we're going to break this thing down. We're going to tell you guys why we feel the way that we do. It's going to be a lot of fun. And as always, we're going to keep you guys abreast of all the latest news, notes, and nuggets concerning your favorite team the san francisco 49ers Now, before we start i got to get into all the formalities if this is your first time here on the youtube page please wake up don't yawn when you're watching us (laughs) guys hit the like button if you enjoyed the show okay subscribe turn on those notifications so you know exactly where we're going live all right give us a follow on some of our social media pages we have twitter and snapchat that handle is right below is nothing but nine e r s it's right there on the screen that's the number nine e r s we also have facebook instagram as well as twitch and those handles are nothing but niners that's spelled all the way out all right you can shoot us an email guys pictures of you in your game day gear your 49ers pets i want to see those things man and we want to share them right here on our youtube page send on over the email nb9ers and nothing but niners.com. And last but certainly not least, guys, I got a hell of a party and the Palisade episode coming for you guys that I got to record tonight. Just got to get some time to upload it, so I apologize about that. But it is coming, and you're not going to want to miss it. Head on over to Patreon.com slash NB9ERS. That's the place to be, man. That's the place to be. All right, Tony. What's the word, Big Bird? What's the latest news that you've heard concerning this team, the 49ers? Because I know you heard something.
1: Could be something really good. Allegedly, uh Vic Fangio and John Lynch spent the day together talking about uh a potential role on the 49ers staff.
0: Oh damn, that's um, where you want to start? I didn't have that picture ready yet. But go ahead, uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about no, it. No, no, no. What do you got? What do you got? What do you no, got? No, no, no. Go. Let's 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 run with that, man. I like it. I like it. So, um, yeah.
1: So they met today. Uh obviously Vic Fangio is still being paid by Denver, so he's not forced into getting a job where you know he's in a try to make better salary. This is more of a um a consultant role for the 49ers. Um I like it because Vic Fangio's defense is very zone heavy, just like D'Amico Ryan's. And I think he could uh help D'Amico's, D'Amico Ryan's defense evolve. Um now just a quick thing here. Everyone like I've been on Twitter today like a lot and everyone's seeming to like panic. This coach is leaving. This coach is leaving. You guys, you got to understand something. Kyle Shanahan has a plan in place, right? He's preparing. This offseason is preparing for coaches that potentially could leave next offseason. So if you look back to when Sala left, we lost uh, Mike LaFleur. We lost um, John Benton. And when they hired John Benton, for example – they brought in Chris Forrester. So when Benton left, Forrester was already there, and now he took over the offensive line spot uh, coach. So like Wes Walker, right? Everyone's panicking that Wes Walker left. Um, Wes Walker is going to Miami. But the 49ers last year, they added a guy by the name of, by the name of Leonard Hankerson, who was a former player for Kyle Shanahan. Um, as he, He's a quality control coach. Look for the 49ers to elevate him to the wide receiver coach. So the way Kyle does it is every year he plans for next year in case people leave. And it's very creative. And, again, like we've said on the show numerous amounts of times, Kyle's playing chess while other people are playing checkers. This is the way you got to be. You want to keep up with the, you know, the big boys. You know teams are going to pluck from your staff. you got to have the next group waiting in line to take over. Um, Bobby Slowick could potentially be your new offensive coordinator. He was the passing game coordinator last year. Um, he replaced LaFleur. So he can get a um, a jump up. So, I mean, like, you know, you could just keep going down the line. Uh, yeah, Croc's in the, Croc's in the chat. What's up, Croc? Matt Harper, that's, a, that's another interesting guy. He was a former wide receiver coach uh, with – I forgot who the hell he was with. But he came up through the system. He was added last year as a special teams um assistant. And now he could potentially be the new special teams coach this year. I do think Kyle would like somebody with a little more experience, but I mean listen, we, we don't know. But there's this a lot the
0: of that- I'm sorry, Tony. Go ahead. There's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the uh the news here. Uh this is where we get the information that uh Fangio, that Fangio was in san francisco um someone tweeted benjamin albright anything new on fangio chance he goes to miami as defensive coordinator uh and albright responds right away wasn't san fran today chatting with lynch we assume that means john lynch he may take year off with broncos still paying him as a head coach may take a consulting gig he has offers so what's interesting about that to me is this thing uh where when a coach gets hired right you put in this language in the contract where if he gets hired somewhere else, uh, thank you. If he gets hired somewhere else, then you don't have to pay him anymore. Offset language. Mm. Right. And you know, the 49ers showed a lot of faith to their coaches that they hired here and they had none. So Tom Sewell is the most famous one. Uh, he got the job. A lot of people felt he was undeserving. This is when Kyle, by the way, was trying. To, I mean, this is when um, Jed York was trying to get Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, Um, Vic Fangio, and there was one other person that he wanted here. To all work under Tom Sula. To all work. Well, he wanted them to work with Tom Sula, but Fangio didn't like that Tom Sula was leapfrogging him, and there was a lot of stuff going on, and rightfully so, right? Fangio had been a phenomenal defensive coordinator for the 49ers during his time with Harbaugh here, and so they couldn't quite all agree on how to make it work. Oh, it was Mike Shanahan as head coach. That's what it was. He wanted Shanahan, Mike Shanahan to come back. Kyle's offensive coordinator, I believe, right? Or no, was it was it Tom Sula as head coach? Either way, it involved all of those guys at the same time.
1: It was Tom Sula as the head
0: coach, and, and Shanahan would not even interview for the job, for the offensive coordinator. Right, but that's what he wanted. Yeah. That's what he wanted, and it didn't work way back then. Uh, Shanahan decided to go to Atlanta instead, um, and, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but it's pretty cool to see that, jed's vision is slowly coming together i think that part is pretty cool um knowing that he wanted all these pieces to work together and now you have it where he's consulting and if he has that offset language in his contract he can get paid for consulting and still get paid for a team from the team as long as he doesn't take another coaching gig exactly i mean that's that's kind of winning you got less stress if you're only consulting you know what I'm saying? You don't have to travel with the team and stuff like that. You get to sit back at home, and now you got dual income. So it's pretty cool, man. I like it. I say Fangio, pimp the system, man. Make the system work for you, bro, because uh, Vic deserves it. Vic Fangio's a good guy, um, and they never got him a quarterback over there, and I don't know how they expected him to be successful. And not only that, when Kyle was first hired by the Niners,
1: he wanted Fangio, but the Chicago Bears blocked him. So he hired Salah. So... um you know, this is an opportunity to get him back in the building because guess what? Demico Ryan's gonna be a head coach next year. And guess who's lined up to be the defensive coordinator? Big Fangio. Right. So it, it, it's how he aligns his staff. He's very creative with it, man. He's very he's very smart and he's a step ahead of the game all the time
0: when it comes to staff. Yep. Absolutely, and in other 49ers news today that came out, this is all a rumor again. What we discussed was a rumor, but here we are the 49ers, uh, here expecting to lose someone else. Um, Armando Salguero, he says, I'm told Wes Welker will be joining Mike McDaniel staff. Okay, I think he meant to say Mike McDaniel's apostrophe S staff with the Dolphins as their wide receiver coach. A return to South Florida after he played for the Dolphins in the mid two thousands. All right. And what's interesting about this is uh, when we saw this tweet pop up in the chat, someone said, why would he want to leave and go to another team just to be a coach, uh, just to be a position coach again. Right. Mm -hmm. Why not a bump up? Why not, you know, do something a little different. And I honestly, I, 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 text my three, my, my three reasons. Uh, I'm going to read them to you guys so you guys can hear it, uh, just so I don't misspeak on anything. Um, If I can find it. Here we go. Uh, Tired of Kyle, better taxes, family and friends. Now, I know the tired of Kyle is going to jump off the page. I'll explain that. But the taxes, San Francisco to Florida, very, very big uh, difference in income tax there. Uh, so that's a win, even if it's a lateral pay, it's a bump. You know what I mean. And I know it won't be a lateral pay. Uh, they're gonna entice him to to leave, right? Um, family and friends that speaks for itself. But the tired of Kyle part. Um, you know what I find really really interesting is how Kyle openly criticizes his receivers. You think back to Pettis. You think about Ayuk. You think about how he had to was forced to use Debo. Is it possible? That Kyle's okay with this because he felt like the receivers aren't getting much better anyway. You know, we had Eric Crocker on just two nights ago, and he told about how Ayuk not only was Ayuk in the doghouse, but Ayuk, uh Kyle said, you know, I wouldn't have used him last year, except we had all these injuries. We had to use them, right? Is that is that a knock on the rookie wide receivers, or is that a knock on your coaching staff? Honestly, if you keep hearing your boss complain about the guy that you are responsible to train. How do you take that, Tony? Well, just real quick before we
1: go any further, I, I just feel that being that Kyle did play the receiver position at college, so he is a, like you know, he was taught certain ways. Maybe he wasn't impressed with how Welker was doing it. I don't know. That's behind closed doors. We don't know nothing, and I'm not trying to report that. Um, but I, I, I will say this Kyle's very specific and what and how he wants things done and um that that could be it that could be that could be the issue but i mean listen every year when you have an assistant go from your roster to become a head coach they're always going to try to take people right then what, when kyle was hired by the niners they took he took Lafleur, he took mcdaniel he took he took all these people from atlanta so it, it's 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 Guaranteed to happen, if you will. But I mean, as far as Kyle, I, I don't know if it was a, a rift between them. I, I, I can't answer that. But
0: if it is, Kyle made the, uh, Kyle's upgrading the position. Well, I don't. I don't think it was a rift. I don't think that they didn't get along. So Let me be clear here. When I said tired tired of Kyle, I, mm-hmm. I, I am not trying to say that there was any tension or anything like that. No, right? but just in the philosophy of teaching,
1: like it, it right. could be a riff when it comes to that. Like I want it done this way, and you're doing it that way. This is the way I
0: want it done. And he's possibly also a free agent. You know what I'm saying? you would never heard about the 49ers firing Tim Hightower, right? His contract was up. All the guys that started with this team, if they never received extensions along the way, their contracts are done now. So it's okay for those guys to go out and go somewhere else. I don't recall Wes Welker receiving an extension. I don't know how long his original contract was. I know Tim Hightower never received an extension. I don't know how long his original contract was. So those moves, these guys have to go out there and keep working. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are NFL guys. Yo, can, can I ask you, just off topic
1: one second, how does Nick Bosa not get one vote for comeback player of the year?
0: He got I, not one vote. I forgot the honors thing is on. Is that on still, right, right now? I just shut it off. I refuse to watch it after that. He didn't get one vote. Who got it? Burrow. wow no he didn't get one vote i don't i don't know man
1: that's disgusting i'm sorry and i'm just saying it because he's a freaking 49er but the guy had 16 sacks off of a friggin' acl tear
0: and not that's not counting what he did in the postseason because he got busy in the postseason too
1: yeah he got one another
0: three more four more four yeah yeah damn bro that's horrible but go ahead i'm sorry I should off. No, 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 no you're absolutely right. And I'm glad I, I was gonna put it on in the background so we could discuss things that may have happened. Maybe some 49ers won something, you know, uh in the background. Yeah. But I don't even have the television remote over here and I don't know where my wife just went. So but yeah, it it is crazy like how someone can come back from such a terrible injury and come back the way that he did and make the impact he did, you know. This guy demanded double double teams all all season, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. uh it's pretty cool to it's pretty cool. Thank you, baby. It's pretty cool that, um, let me turn the volume down so I don't violate any, uh, rules or anything like that. You know, it's pretty cool that, you know, um, he was, he was as impactful as he was. It's sad that they just don't want to recognize it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, he had a phenomenal year. He did. He really, really did. Um, but you know, it's okay. I don't think he's doing it for those awards. It, it would have been cool to at least been acknowledged, but you know when he's going to get his uh, his just is when he gets that contract, man. That contract is going to make it all worth it. Mm. So, um, yeah, losing Wes Welker. I want to get your thoughts on it, man. Honestly, uh, forget forget what I was saying about the you know being tired of Kyle and all that stuff. Just I don't. What what, what are your thoughts on on the idea of losing Walker? Is this a big deal, little deal? something in between I think it's
1: something in between because I like we don't know what goes on in practices we don't know what goes on in the film room um it, listen it's not even officially announced yet by the Miami Dolphins they could have labeled him as the passing game coordinator something stupid just you know what I'm saying um we first of all another thing it's very hard to tell if these guys are under contract or not Right. Because they don't announce contract extensions for assistants or positional coaches. They announce it for the head coach, the general manager, Um, but they don't do it for a wide receiver coach. So we don't know if that's the case, if he's truly a free agent or if he was still under contract and Kyle just, you know, gave the approval for him to go. So. Without all those facts, it's kind of hard to give you a true assessment on how I feel, but I, I will tell you this.
0: Huh? Oh, I I, you said. Yeah, I, I was. I, I took myself off mute, but you said I will tell you this, so I stopped. I'm sorry. I, I, I will tell you this though.
1: It what I do like is if there is an issue, and if Kyle's not happy about it, he's making it, a, a change to correct it. That is what you want to see. You don't want just want to keep him around because a you know him, b you're comfortable. You want somebody to do what you want. This is your team. You know, I'm hiring you. I want you to do my your job this way. And, and that's what it comes
0: down to. Let me ask you something about uh, this whole thing. Uh, big deal, a little deal. It's not so much how you felt about what I said. Do you think it's a big deal that we're losing him? Because I'll be honest with you, with the guys that have walked away so far, uh, that, when I say walked away, the guys that are no longer here. Embry, I know we haven't graded the tight ends yet, but I was not fond of the production that we got from the tight ends this year at all. Check out Eric Armstead, man. That is the man right there. Shout out to these guys, all all the Walter Payton Men of the Year for their respective teams, man. I, I love people that do good work in their communities. That is that is a beautiful thing. Uh, mm. And I don't know how you measure and how you decide to pick just one, but that that is a phenomenal. Uh, that's a phenomenal honor. It really is. That's that's good. It's very very good that these guys give back to their communities, man. It's great. Um, but I wasn't happy with what Embry was doing. I wasn't happy with what Hightower was doing. And I'll be honest with you, man. I don't like that a first round wide receiver can't be a starter at the beginning of the, of this sophomore year. Something's wrong with those guys and how they're being coached. Don't tell me that the playbook is too complicated. That's your job to get them ready. So me personally, I'm okay with the departure of these people so far. That's me. Now I don't really know what Mike McDaniel did for the 49ers i don't know his exact job because every time people said oh he's a coordinator and the play calling and all that stuff um they say you know kyle went right back out there hey his job really didn't change kyle made it a point to put the kibosh of that every time right and so if he's really just the run game coordinator and just got a bump in a title you know maybe so no one poached him or whatever um then Goodbye. Like, <laughs> I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it was like, I don't think it's going to be a major loss so far. There hasn't been a loss so far that I was like, oh my God, what? The biggest one in their whole tenure here was probably Robert Sala because the, the defense finally started clicking under him. And you kind of felt like, well, what's it going to look like without him? That was it. It was only just a what was it going to look like. But I was always confident in D'Amico. I thought he was going to make some changes, and I and I like what we got from D'Amico. We're going to break that down uh, position by position here in a little bit. But do you think it's a big deal that we lost uh, Wes Welker, if that, if that rumor is true? And I don't, I don't. speak on the other guys that we've lost so far also. I don't. I don't think it's a big deal because you have to believe, right?
1: The thing is, like, we have an offensive-minded coach who is the play caller. So on the, uh, in a situation like this, he's going to find people and groom them the way he wants them to go. That's his theory. And that's how he replenishes his coaching staff. So with that being said, I fully trust Kyle. So if he's going, if he decided like, all right, listen, let him go. He wants to go back, you know, to Miami friends, family, whatever it may be. And he wants to help out McDaniel. Listen, then do it. I, I don't have an issue with it. If that's his decision, I, I, I have full confidence. So out of everybody we lost, we lost McDaniel Embry, we lost Zach Yesner, he went to the Kentucky, he was his assistant offensive line coach, butch Barry, assistant offensive line coach, became the full-time Denver offensive line coach, High Tower to Chicago, now Wes Welker to Miami. Now everyone started everyone's and everyone started um I'm sorry, I just got a text message about something.
0: Everything all right? We'll yeah, no, no. Everyone everything. started
1: about, um, like, you know, Embry. Like, like it became like, oh, they they, they asked him to take a pay cut, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so it, 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 in my opinion, your assistant head coach wants to be – if I was the head coach, I would want somebody heavily involved. I, I would want somebody, like, just not a tight ends coach. I want somebody that's – God forbid if something happens to me, I can trust that this team is going to be okay without me there. You know what I'm saying? It, it could be anything. But now when you slap a, a title of an assistant head coach on just a positional coach, and like you said, like you know, you felt like John Embry was just a coach. He was a good positional coach, and that's all he is. So now when they released that statement, or I think I forgot who it was, from another uh, CBS Sports, uh, Solomon Wilcox, whatever, when he released that asking for the 60% pay cut and to take the assistant coach away. I thought something like you know, something's up. Kyle wants to do something, and he needs that assistant head coach to slap on somebody to get them there, to mm-hmm. give them the more money. So sure as shit, the next day it comes out, Anthony Lynn's there. Now, if I asked you who would you rather have Anthony Lynn or um
0: uh John Embry? I'm I'm taking anthony lynn personally
1: yeah so you're getting a guy who was a former head coach a guy that was a successful positional coach you're getting a guy that was an offensive coordinator you're getting a guy that was a former player you're getting a guy that was a former player for the 49ers a former player for the shanahan's so there's a lot there um and you know does he have his weaknesses yeah he didn't have a great year with detroit but i mean look at the roster yeah look at the quarterback the situation um and you know the knock on him was the play calling not the play calling the time of possession like you know controlling the clock game management should he have called the timeout should he not have called the timeout that that's all things that we don't have to worry about on this on this team because we have Kyle but i'll tell you what having a second set of eyes and of potentially evolving the offense for Kyle with working with Lynn, I think it could work out good. And we all know Lynn's not going to be the play caller. No offensive-minded guys coming here to call plays. So it's just to work with Kyle and add an element to Kyle's offense.
0: I agree. I agree. All right, man. So um, I think that's all I got for – the latest news concerning the 49ers. Again, if you guys are just jumping in, if you guys are just joining, let me speak up and not mumble. I apologize. Um, We're just going over the two different things that we heard here. And again, that was Fangio uh, might be doing some consulting with the 49ers per uh, Benjamin Albright. And he got that information after speaking with John Lynch. Um, and uh, according to Armando Salguero, uh, Wes Welker is expecting to be joining Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins. Uh, so those were the two uh, latest bits of news from the 49ers. All right. Um, and I think it's time to move on, man. Uh, we got to start talking about, you know, grading the defense. All right. Uh, so what uh, position group do you want to start with, Tony? Um,
1: I guess we can start with the defensive line because that's where the team invests
0: heavily. So we'll okay. go from the front and we'll work to the back. All right. Now, I do want to ask you this question really quick um, while when we get to the secondary. Are we just going to do the secondary or do you want to do corners and safety separate? Um, We can do corners and safety separate. That's very right, cool. All right. So let's get it started, man. We are grading the defense and we're going to start with the defensive line. Uh, so what we're going to do, um, do you want to do the plus and minus or you just want to do like A, B, C, D and F? Like you want to do plus, minus, and regular A, so like you can say like it was close to being this, but it wasn't Yeah, yeah we could do that. We could do that. All right. All right, cool. Uh I'll go first. I'll go first. I'm gonna I'm gonna reflect on the defensive line this year. And you know, <clears throat> the defensive line was clearly one of the strengths of the team. Um the defense was really good in my opinion, overall. Um, and I I think it always starts up front, you know. Uh we had guys coming in and out of that secondary all year long, the linebackers. Uh, so it clear everything clearly starts up front and they had to deal with some injuries. They had to deal with some cycling around of guys and everything like that. And I think that they they never really flinched. Um, and as the season went on, the reserves, the backups got better and better. Jordan Willis having the, the game of his career in the postseason. You know what I mean? Like as the season mm-hmm. went on, the games got more important. These guys really stepped up, you know, Uh Cam. I was feeling like, man, this guy was a waste. Halfway through the season, you know what I'm saying? Then you all of a sudden started to tick. Arden Key, these are the guys that were brought in to be the rotational guys, and they all of a sudden came to life. Um, DJ Jones seemed to get better as the season went on. Nick Bosa was Nick Bosa. You don't have to sit here and try to make any qualms about that. Um, you know, uh, just the guy Eric Armstead, I mean, people finally appreciated him for being a defensive tackle this year. I saw fans that typically would hate on Eric Armstead showing the guy some love. And I, for one, appreciated that. So, um, you know, it, it's good to see people realizing what he brings to the table. And even as a pass rusher, I don't know how many sacks he finished with, but he was even getting busy once they bumped him inside. You know, I, I remember him rubbing his belly, what felt like once at least every at least every other game. You know what I mean? So uh, it was really, really good to see him in a, in a year that your team plays uh, 20 games. If he finishes with 10 sacks as a defensive tackle, that's really impressive, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think you should expect double digit sacks from any defensive tackle, even Aaron Donald. I think you should expect a ton of pressure, but the sacks, that's going to really be reserved for the guys coming off of the edge because they're dealing with you. Typically, they're dealing with one person at a time. So um, that those are my thoughts on it. Uh, my final grade for them is going to be a solid A. I'm going to give the defensive line a solid A. Uh, what about you, Tony?
1: Yeah. Like you said, you mentioned a bunch of people like, you know, they have the they have the ability to identify players that they could project into their scheme. So like you saw it last year, Kerry Heider comes over from Dallas. He got eight sacks there playing with uh, under Rod Marinelli, similar scheme up front. Then what happens? We signed him here. He gets nine sacks or nine and a half sacks. I think the number was I can't remember. All right. Under Kosarik. Kosarek has the ability to get the best out of him. He leaves here, goes to Seattle, gets three, four sacks. So you see the ability to identify a player's strength in their, their skill set and to put it and implement it into this system. So people like the Kerry Hiders, the Kevin Givens, the Kentavious Streets, the Jordan Willis, um, these are all guys that they took chances on. Uh, the Omenihu, who they traded a sixth-round pick in 2023, that's now going to be a, a piece of this – rotation going forward um they they just had that uncanny ability to identify these guys and and they succeed in this scheme um kudos to the front office kudos to the defensive line coach but across the board like you know bosa you know you got kinlaw who's coming back hopefully with his corrective knee surgery so now you're adding more depth to this defensive line dj jones played phenomenal this year and potentially uh outperformed himself to be able to return outpriced himself to be able to return to San Francisco. We don't know. Um the one knock like you know D Ford. All positive. He's great. He's great he's great. He steps on the field. He played a couple snaps and then then that was it. You know, he, he's he disappeared again on the IR. They opened his window. They never activated him. So another down year for D Ford. So you know, for me to sit here and say, you know, I think their defensive line is phenomenal. They blew it out of the park. It deserves an A+. plus. I can't say that because of what happened with D Ford, with the knee injury, with, with the, the issue with uh, Kinlaw. I agree. I think your grade is fair of an A. Um, so, I, you know, I'll go with an A. Um, but – I just wish the defensive line as a whole unit, whatever they brought in, would have stuck together and performed this year, because I really think it could have helped this team out and, and beat the Rams. Even though I honestly I, I think the defensive line played well. But um,
0: you know, it is what it is. I'll go with an A. Nice, nice. Check that text, bro. Um, you know, I was um I was thinking about an A plus, right? And you mentioned D Ford in particular. Uh, I think D Ford is why I give them an A uh, instead of a lower grade. Because if if the Niners were ch- were banking on him participating this year mm. and he couldn't, that is a big shuffle. Uh, the only thing that would have made it an A-plus after losing him uh, is if somebody really, really solidified that opposite defensive end position. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they, you didn't get that one guy to say, hey, I'm the guy that you can count on right now. They I'll tell you, did. though,
1: Ebucom in the playoffs, he...
0: Yeah.
1: And, and I was a guy, when they signed him, I was kind of like, wow, let's look up on him. He's a, he's a little light, 6'3", 245. And as the season progressed, you just kept seeing him, like, perform and play a little better, play a little better. And, and, and that's what you want to see, right? So they signed him to a one-on-one or two-year deal, uh, lower cap number, I I don't even know what the cap number was last year for him. But there's actually actually a team out to get out of the contract before a certain date for this year. But he's a potential guy where I could see them now. They could potentially say, listen, we're going to take you from eight and a half. We're going to lower you to like 2.5, make that into a signing bonus, prorate it, and then bump them out on a two-year extension. He's still young, 25 years old. So if he's willing to make that step at another season into a weight room, you know, another year into this system, you could potentially have something. Um, is he an every down player? I'm hoping he can eventually get there. But I tell you what, he really took off in the playoffs. Really took off in the playoffs. And I was very impressed with him.
0: You know, what I was worried about the most in the playoffs was, like, guys having such a long season in, in that early week six bye, like – how that was going to affect them down the stretch. And like I said, they turned it up. I, I was, there was another gear still left in the defense as a whole, by the way, not just the defensive line, but the defense as a whole possessed another gear. I was extremely proud of what those guys did in the postseason, allowing 10 points, 17 points and 20 points. That is phenomenal. Defensive play in three games. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I really, I really did like that. Um, Let's get to these contributions before we move on to the next part. All right. Thank you guys for the contributions. I really do appreciate them. Um, Sean Preston, senior, senior. He says, what if Kyle was prepared for them to leave? He handpicks his people. Maybe the new wide receiver coach along with Lynn are going to bring something to go with Kyle's new offense. He can spread defenses out now. I'm excited. Uh, You know, Sean, this is this is kind of what Tony was alluding to, you know, like how Kyle kind of, you know, guy, you know how um, the Patriots do this thing where it's uh, you get rid of a guy a year before. You know what I mean? And not a year too late. It's kind of like that's what Kyle's been doing here. He's been pulling people in right at the right time. Uh, you know, the Lynn hire was before we heard about uh, the McDaniel interview and him being selected by. The, the Dolphins, you know, it's kind of like Kyle has a sixth sense as to when he's going to lose some of these guys. And then if he knew he was going to lose McDaniel, that means he's probably going to lose a couple of guys off of his staff. So let me bring in X, Y and Z. And that seems to be what they're doing. Um, I do think that Kyle uh, knew that these guys were going to be leaving. And I think that he's got a plan at wide receiver coaching. maybe maybe that's Anthony Lynn also, by the way, uh, he's an offensive guy. So, you know, he could absolutely do that uh Kyle may go out and look for someone else to give that title to but I wouldn't be surprised honestly if it was Lynn uh Tony what are your thoughts on this entire contribution here from Sean Preston senior
1: yeah I mean you pretty much touch it and I touched on it earlier he just has that ability to do you know his his selection process of of coaching staff is 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 really good um and like he said in here maybe the new wide receiver coach along with Lynn are going to take this evolve this offense potentially to the next step. I mean, if I was a betting man, I would be willing to bet some money saying that I think this offense is going to look totally different. And I think it's going to look different from what you even seen as Trey Lance as the starter in the two games. So, you know, it's it's going to be different. You're going to have different concepts. I mean, you know, Kyle Shanahan's offense is still going to be play action based off the – is going to be heavy run with uh, play action – based off of play action passing, off of the run game. So I still think the con- the core concept of the offense will be that, but I just think he could put different twists in it. And you know, like I said earlier, this guy's been successful wherever he was, minus Detroit. Um, you know, statistic top 10 offenses, like you know, he he quarterbacks pre- performed under him. Now everyone's talking about the Tyrod Taylor as the new potential backup for him. Um, listen it, we're all it's very early in the process we have to wait till the first couple of dominoes fall before we could even talk about you know free agents but I, I I thank you for your contribution and I agree pretty much with everything you say
0: all right cool 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 here's the other one here Tony you want to take this one here
1: yeah yeah
0: Niner by Nature88, thank you for the $50
1: contribution. It's greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Uh, I love you guys, and please, no Brady SF, let the kid play. And I agree with you, but unfortunately, the name is always going to be brought up, just like it's Rodgers. It's always going to be brought up. This roster and salary cap is not configured or constructed, constructed, cons- Damn, I can't freaking talk tonight. It's not built to handle this type of salary that you're talking about, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or whether it's it's Tom Brady. He's not going to sign for $5 million. He's not going to sign for $10 million. It's Tom freaking Brady. He he wants to be paid, even though he wants to come home and play and win one in San Francisco. I understand that. It's great. If it was two years ago, I'd be like, get rid of him. I Honestly, they should have brought him in two years ago. That's when the when they had the first opportunity, that's when it should have should have happened. But um again, thank you for the contribution. And it, and it's it's Trey Lance time.
0: It's it. I completely agree with everything written here, including loving you guys, man. This is probably um the best chat of all of them. And I know there's a lot of them. This chat really gets it going, man. Thanks for the contribution, Niner by Nature. And I do not want to see Brady here. I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers here. I don't want to see us go out and get anybody that's going to cause the young Lance to sit another season. I don't want this kid sitting three seasons. I don't. I don't. You couldn't name another quarterback that I want to come in here now. Go ahead. We have breaking news. Go ahead and say, you want me to go get his jersey? You want me to go get his jersey? You're a guy. Let's go, baby. Your guy is in the Hall of Fame. Boom! Let's go, man. You got to love that, right? Congratulations. Hold on. Let's make it a little bit professional here. Hold on. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. My favorite 49er player is finally in the Hall of Fame, man. So happy for Bryant Young, man. Such a good guy. Uh, a phenomenal guy. Go ahead, Tony. Let's do it. A true warrior.
1: warrior. I remember the day they drafted him. It was the year that they took two players in the first round. It was him at number seven when the newspapers and all the talks were when they were considering trading up to draft Dan Wilkinson. But no, they stayed Pat and they took Bryant Young at -hmm. number seven. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, He was born one day after me. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, I mean, I'm younger, but we're one day off on our birthdays, and he probably is one of my favorite 49ers. And I remember when he snapped his leg, and it was probably the worst thing I ever seen in my life. And his last game was a 49 when they carried him off the field. I'd never seen anything like that. And the emotion that it just gave me, it was it was unreal. But I will say this congratulations to the Brian Young who is in the NFL Hall of Fame 2022 class. This man how, how much time 41 minutes. This man's a fucking warrior. Let's and go, baby. And when Let's this go, guy spoke, and when this guy spoke,
0: you could have dropped a pin and heard it a mile away. Everybody listen. Congratulations, Everybody. Brian Young. That is my guy. That is my guy right there, man. That is my guy. i got this beautiful picture from um, <clears throat> Odysseus over on uh, on uh, Twitter, the guy who does all the graphics. I mean, I got this poster size uh, Brian Young uh, picture from him that he did this graphic that he made. And Brian Young told me he responded to me, hey, send that on over and I'll sign it for you. Well, the bad news is I'm sorry. I don't know where to send it still. So I still have this picture sitting in my back room rolled up in the case and everything. I don't want it to get a wrinkle. I don't want it to get a rip on it. And as soon as I get back in touch with Bryant Young, I am sending it to him to have it autographed. Now I hopefully he might have to charge something extra now because he's in the hall, he's officially a hall of famer. You know what I'm saying? Uh so hey, if there's a fee associated with that BY, I will send that over there to you anyway, my man. Um, hell of a hell of a player, man. It's really, really happy. Uh, it's really, really happy. It's really, really good to see him finally getting his just. You know what I'm saying? So um, he's he's been in the the Niners Ring of Honor and things like that already, and his his college and you know local uh, hometown hero and things like that. But it's finally getting him the acknowledgement on the national scale. You know this is this is very, very good for him. You know so uh, I absolutely love it, man. Happy for Bryant Young, man. You are truly. Truly the man. I wish I could show it on TV him walking out, but I'm not allowed to because we'll get flagged for it and I don't want to lose the page. I'm already fighting with uh some YouTube stuff. They took down they took down all of our NB Niners stuff. The only thing that's still up for on the on the in the shop is the Birth of a Dynasty design. They're what? saying in, they're saying NB Niners is copyrighted and it is, but it's copyrighted by me. So <laughs> So they took it down. They took down the NB Niners and the uh, saloon font. All that stuff is gone off of the I went and looked at the store and I'm like, how come I don't see the NB Niners stuff anywhere anymore? And uh so I got to I gotta get in touch with these guys and try to figure out why uh they took it down. I, I, you know, call myself protecting myself and then they take it all down. So I don't know what the deal is with that, but it's OK, guys. I'm going to fight to get that back up there. Um I saw the sales, the sales that, Went through already, are still going to be honored. I did get that much information already, uh, but I'm going to try to get that all back up there because it was pretty cool. Like you can put it on mugs, you got it on hats, you got it on all kinds of stuff, and they just they they took it down. So uh, I'm going to get it back up there, though, guys. I am working on it. All right, so <clears throat> let's keep this thing moving here. Uh, you said you want to start from, you said you wanted to start from uh, the front and then work our way back. So that's going to take us to the linebackers next okay it's time to grade these linebackers so boom there it is going across the bottom ticker there um i went first last time i'll let you go first this time tony what were your thoughts on the linebackers this season and what grade do you give
1: them okay um i was a little concerned about the linebacker play early in the season a little bit and i think it was more to the fact that you know it was D'Amico's first year i think a lot of pressure was put on fred warner in um, the system, in the defense, in the huddle, uh, Greenlaw was not on the field. No, Greenlaw did start the season, did he not? Or no, he did start the season. Yeah, so Greenlaw was in the start of the season. He got hurt, and it was him, Flanagan, Falls, and uh, Aziz. Um, another position that has a lot of depth. It just uh, one person comes down, the next
0: person comes up, and, and makes plays. Um, so the reason why you were uncertain about Greenlaw, he played in week one yeah, and then that's when the injury happened he didn't play again in week 12. Yeah. Um, so
1: that's right. He did get the pick six. Someone just said it in the chat. So Fred Warner, didn't get off to the greatest start, but then like, as you've seen this season go on, I, I don't know if they, in the beginning of the season, they were trying to put a lot of responsibility on Fred. And I think they twit they they tinkered it down a little bit and and they just allowed him to play his game, and you saw the defense take off. Um, so you have Fred Warner, you have Dre Greenlaw, you have Aziz, you have Flanagan Fowles, uh, Marcel Harris moved down to the linebacker position. Uh, then you had I think Jerry was on the roster for uh, like a game or two. Then they brought in. Um, a couple other guys off the practice squad. I can't Curtis Robinson and a couple other guys like that. But I, I, I will say this: overall, we have a very solid group of linebackers, and they're 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 sideline to sideline. You're not gonna you're not gonna beat them to the edge. They fly around the field. They make plays. Um, so I'm going to give who. I'm going to go – I'm going to go in A- minus for the linebacking core um, due to some of the injuries. The depth did step up a little bit. Um, but it seems like the, when the teams attacked them in the run game, like especially Fred Warner, and the defensive tackles weren't doing their part of the responsibility of the defense and, like, you know, taking on blocks and letting them stay free. Fred Warner struggled a little bit. Um, so I'm gonna go with an A minus grade for the group. Um
0: yeah, I'll do I'll do an A minus grade for the group. Very interesting. Wow. Okay, solid, solid grade there, man. I didn't think you were gonna give it quite that much. Um my grade is gonna be lower. I'll tell you that now. Um, but I just thought that if I'm giving that defensive line and what they did this season in A. I don't think that they're an A minus. I don't think they were just a hair under them. Uh, and so I'm going to have to give them just a B, not quite a B minus, but just a B. Um, and that's, that's really because, um, you know, by the way, I, I know people were down on Fred Warner's play and he was too, right? I don't think Fred Warner was as bad as people were making it sound like he was. Uh, but I think there was a lot going on with the defense and he was just trying to overcompensate too much. Um you know, once he settled in and, and got back to doing his job, then everything seemed to be okay, and Fred really started to shine and started looking like the all-pro player uh, from the previous year. You know what I'm saying? Um, I I thought that uh, Aziz filled in admirably when Greenlaw went down, um, and then I even thought uh, – who was the other guy? It was, it was uh, Flanagan Fowles. He was the other one. I mean, you didn't miss a beat. There was never a game when it's like, what the hell is this guy doing? He don't belong out there, he doesn't belong out there. They were really solid. They were really, really solid. And I like that. So my grade for the linebackers is a B. Um, <clears throat> it could have been it, it, it probably my grade probably should be a little bit higher, but um, you know, I I kind of wanted to see I wanted to see some more um I don't know. I, I maybe it's because Greenlaw didn't play as long, right? Like I felt like our linebackers see, I'm I'm used to like the Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman thing, right? Like those guys put fear in defenses. Our guys were just good tacklers and fast, right? But then when you saw Greenlaw come back at the end of the year and he's slamming guys around and shit like that again, I wanted that all year long. If I got that all year long, then I'd be with you with like the A- minus area. You know what I'm saying? Like that physical imposing linebackers. Like that's what I like. I, I, I know it's a new NFL. I know it's a new game, right? I know that the responsibilities of the linebackers have changed a little bit. They are all responsible a little bit more in coverage than what they used to be back in the day and all that. So I know it's a different NFL. It's not, it's not your granddad's NFL. It's not even your dad's NFL anymore, right? Like I, I understand that. And so um I but I, I still have that mindset that a linebacker, to me, like the linebacker is the running back of the defense. I know that sounds crazy, right? But like that's where the pounding comes in from. It's from those guys. The defensive linemen don't usually get to make a hard contact. The first line of hard contact coming from yards away is typically the linebackers. You know what I'm saying? Then you get some hard hitting safeties and it looks even better, but it's usually the linebackers. And I just didn't feel that from them. Um, I saw a lot of, uh, you know, uh, attempts to punch balls out, which cause people to miss tackles and things like that. And so I got to kind of hold that against them. Sometimes it's better to just ensure the tackle, uh, but I think they'll get better. You know what I'm saying? And I, I wonder how much of that is D'Amico's promotion and not being able to focus on just the linebackers and getting them to play the way that he wanted them to. do. the linebackers take a step back maybe because they lost that D'Amico tutelage, because he couldn't spend as much time in the room with them this year? I don't know. I'm not making excuses for anybody or anything like that, but they were good. This is still one of the best linebacking courts in the entire NFL. So make, make no mistakes about what I'm saying. I wouldn't trade them for the world. Uh, these guys are good. Um, Can we upgrade? Absolutely. There's always somewhere you can upgrade. uh, But it's not going to be by a lot. You're not going out there finding somebody that you're going to swap out for Dre Greenlaw and all of a sudden we're going to shoot to the moon like that's going to be hard to do. That's going to be hard to do. So a solid B is my grade there. Uh, But I I really did appreciate those guys. All right. Um, Anything else you want to add on the linebackers before we move to the next one?
1: No, but I just one thing like how you said uh, how one Dre Greenlaw came onto the field, how that the, how they took off in their play, right? You saw it. You saw the aggressiveness. You saw like that swagger and that attitude back. Now I know you compared it to like how you wanted to like with uh, Bowman and Willis. Bowman and Willis were two different style of linebackers. They were your true two big Mike linebackers in a thirty-four front. So their responsibilities were different, and they were just animals. They're different breeded like you said. These are more finesse, running coverage, and, and they could tackle, as we all know. But it, it's just a tough. It's a tough comparison to, to try to to go Willis Bowman to Greenlaw
0: Aziz and them. No, no, I wasn't trying to compare them to them. I'm just saying, like, no, the, no I know, the, but you, the production linebackers, like that's the standard for me. Yeah, but I understand, like you said, also the different three-four versus four-three, and all. Yeah, so I I do get it. The responsibilities are different, but when you different, but when you saw Greenlaw come back, even Fred got a little bit more. You saw him doing this a little bit more. His flex, right? Aziz was like popping off at the mouth and everything. Like Greenlaw, for some reason, brought this like, like mentality with him Mm -hmm. in that room, and it it showed. You know what I'm saying? It showed, and so uh, I think if we had that all year we'd be a little bit more imposing, a little bit more intimidating. Maybe that's why the defense was able to step up the way that it was. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. He went from week one, week 12, and then come back until week 18. But week 18 led us into the postseason, and I said that there was an extra gear. Remember I was talking about the defense as a whole. I said it seemed like there was another gear that they were able to dig into once we got into the postseason. Maybe that gear was largely in part to Greenlaw. Maybe he infected the rest of that defense and the mentality and like, hey, we can be the bullies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, at, from the moment we won that game, I said, the NFL fucked up. Now they got to deal with us. And that defense helped. They did their part. That de- The defense did their part in the postseason. I really, really believe that. So um, you want to go to uh, corners now? Yeah, whatever you want. All right, man. So corners it is, man. We're going to break down, you know, grading this defense. Let's do uh, cornerbacks. You want to go first? Okay. Oh, no. is, it my, is it my turn to go first? Or something? Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool beans. Cool beans. Boom. There's a ticker there. All right. So the cornerback position is going to be a tough one for me to grade. Um, and I'm going to be honest now. I am. If I had to bet before knowing what Tony's grade is going to be, I would bet that my grade is higher than Tony's because I'm not as down on these corners as the rest of the, the league and the franchise seem to be uh, the the, the fans seem to be uh, of this franchise. You know, there were a lot of people, you know, they, they hated when Norman was in there, but time out on that for a second. Why was Norman in there? Because of the plethora of injuries, right? I mean, he was never supposed to be here. Drake or Patrick was never supposed to be here. I'm not going to grade this unit as a whole based off of just those two guys. They were in here. And by the way, Norman, saved a game for us i don't know if you guys remember he even got a game ball for it right so even the guys that you that most people hated still had a value norman had more forced fumbles than some teams combined at a certain point in the season people forget that right yes he had the pass interference calls and you could see that he didn't quite have the legs to run with some of these faster guys right i get all that i understand that right but he brought a veteran presence. You know what I'm saying? He forced the turnovers. We didn't always recover them all, but he forced turnovers. And it was, again, that infectious thing. And I'm starting with the worst of the corners, right? And then you start to step away. I did think we had a down year from um, Kwan Williams. Uh, I think that age really started to settle in there. Um, and he just wasn't that imposing guy that he was all year long. I'm not saying that he wasn't that guy at all i'm saying all year long he wasn't that guy he had his moments in certain games where he really was it was like oh there's there's kwan from last year there's kwan from two years ago but it wasn't sustainable for him this year and that th- there was a step back you know that th- it's not a knock on him this guy's getting older uh he's battling through injuries also he's he's a, the silent assassin out there you know he doesn't do a lot of talking i'm gonna let the pads do the talking for me you know um he was he was not as um impactful in the, in the run game as he was in previous seasons. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, you're going to take some steps back from that, but then you look at the guys who the shuffling of the Lenoir Lenore at the start of the season, got a couple of starts, then boom, benched and gone never to be seen again. Right. Ambry Thomas. It was like, why won't they let this guy play? Why won't they let this guy play? And then he comes on like hot fish grease down the stretch. And all of a sudden Ambry Thomas is everyone's favorite corner on the team. Right. Emmanuel Mosley played solid all year long when he was out there. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. these guys did a really, really good job. And there was never a game where I felt like we lost it strictly because of the corners. Now, that's all the negative stuff I got to say. Here's the good stuff I have to say. You go back and you look at games and you look at games that we lost. You look at games that we won and people will sit here and try to tell you that the corners were terrible. Right. I'm going to t- I'm going to tell you guys a couple of, of numbers here. The Colts game. Don't don't look it up, Tony. Just what did it feel like Carson Wentz passed for in that game? What did it feel like he threw for in that game? And that, least, was rain, that was the range. That was so. the game, But they, they were they were killing us downfield. Right. At least 250. Yeah, it was 150. It was 150, but it felt like 250. Your number is exactly correct. But that's what it felt felt like 250 because of the pass interference. Yeah. Yeah. See, they had a plan on third downs, right? We were killing them on first and second down. The defense was tight on on third downs. It's raining. Hey, let's just throw them down there and just see if we can get a flag. And it worked for them. That was their game plan. But pass interference penalties are it's it's an objective penalty. It's not a a define. There's there were pass interference flags in that game that I've seen happen at other times that refs didn't call. You know what I'm saying? So I can't knock them for that. That was part of their game plan. He threw for 150 yards, right? That's that game. You look at the Seahawks game, right? The Seahawks game, the one that we lost 28 to 21, okay? Think about that game. That was the game that we lost Jimmy at the halftime. And they put Trey Lance and he comes and he throws for two, two touchdowns in the second half, right? But think about that game, right? And it felt like... The, the, the Their wide receivers were going crazy, right? They had a touchdown from Metcalf. They had a touchdown from Swain. They, they had Collins and Lockett. These guys were all out there doing their thing, right? And they had, it looked like big plays, right? Collins had a 28-yard reception. Metcalf had a 28-yard reception. Lockett had a, tw- a 19-yard reception, right? All these big plays. How many yards did it feel like Russell Wilson threw for? A, a decent amount. It was 149. It was 149. You get what I'm saying? I mean, and you can go down the list. If you guys were to pull up the games that you thought the Niners, like, really, like, struggled in, even games that we won, that Bears game, people were like, oh, man, we're making Justin Fields look like an all-pro. We're making Justin Fields look like an all-pro. He threw for 175. Don't blame the corners because he ran for 103. You get what I'm saying? Yes, that quarterback had a good game. He accounted for, you get what I'm saying, 270-something yards. But it wasn't all in the air. Don't blame the corners because we couldn't stop him running. You understand what I'm saying? And so because yeah. of that, I'm going to give the corners a C plus. I'm going to give the corners a C plus. And I feel like it should really be a B, but I'm not going to do it because I mean, it should be a B minus, but I'm not going to do it because that's too close to the linebacking grade that I gave. So the corners. Okay. Um, like
1: you said, that there was a lot of injuries. Um, we started the year with Mosley,
0: and was it what's it, the rookie? The the first game was uh, Verrett, but then he got injured.
1: Yes, it was it was that yeah. All right, so it was uh, Mosley verrett mm-hmm. Verrett got hurt. That was Mosley and Diamador Lenore. Yes. Then they brought in Norman. Yeah, okay. So clearly, again, injuries is a, is an ongoing issue at the quarterback position. Um, now, this could be because you're depending on a guy, and Jason Verrett, um, who has a history of getting injured. I mean, last year he played well, no injuries. It, that was great. The Niners brought him back again. They gave him a one-year deal to come back, and he got hurt. Um, that raised the question why I was in the field, all that shit, whatever. It is what it is. Um, we've had an open door policy with the one side other than Mosley, whether it was uh, Fitzpatrick, whatever the hell his name was, Norman, um, Kirkpatrick, Kirkpatrick, (laughs) Kirkpatrick, um, um, Thomas was over there. Thomas was over there. Johnson was over there. That's right. We just had like an ongoing like rotation. Um as far as Amber, Amber, as far as Andrew Thomas um I for one kind of was not expecting him to come out and even play this year. He opted out all last year due to COVID. The season before that he was in the hospital for a couple weeks with you know a medical condition that caused him to lose a lot of weight. So you you take that and then missing the game for a whole year And then you're going to the NFL. He was underweight. He was very frail. He still is very frail, like a a, a lean built. The guy needs a season, a full off season in the weight room, and hopefully he's going to get that this year. But once he was finally ready, I guess they worked worked his ass off and, and got him up to speed, up to par, whether it was with the defense, to get his legs back under him, to try to put a couple pounds of weight on, like some size, some strength. He came out, and he improved from week in and week out. Uh, Had a very huge interception to seal in the game to get us in the playoffs. Um, So these are all things that you want to see. Now, as far as the pass interference calls, uh, I understand we only gave up two 300-yard passers. One of them was in the playoffs. One of them was in the regular season where it went to overtime versus the Bengals. Um. But my thing is, with the pass interference, you can't count it as yards like you said. But when it's a repetitive thing, that falls on the corner, in my opinion. If it's consistently you're getting flagged, you're holding, you're grabbing. And this is a guy with a reputation in the league as a grabber, as a handsy player. That, in my opinion, it, it, it affects the cornerback position. I, I, that's just the way I see it. Um, I'm not I'm not going to tack the yardage on for the penalties because obviously you can't, but you're putting the defense in situations by continuously getting the pass interference calls, right? So you're extending drives. You're giving them a first down. You're flipping field position from negative to positive. So that, in my opinion, you kind of have to put on the corner and Josh Norman and the Lenore. And and
0: uh, whatever the freak is Fitzpatrick, I, I don't know his name. There were there were big penalties in games. Uh Also, like I'm talking about the pass interference and in the holdings on linebackers as well. Yes, but not to the extent of Josh Norman.
1: Josh Norman was at a, another level in pass interference calls. I'm sorry, that's just my opinion, and I know he did the peanut punch. And I know he saved the game for us. So that's why I'm not really going to slam this secondary. Um, But when you're putting your defense in that type of situation continuously, I I think it's got to – you got to not point the finger, but you
0: you can't be – The 49ers led the league in defensive pass interference calls, and by a lot too. Um, It says that we had 20 on the year, 20, the next closest team – was at fourteen. Yeah, that's that's not good. And defensive holding. Uh, where where were we? Oh, we're actually pretty far down. Oh wow, we were one of the bottom teams. We were one, two, three, four. What we about illegal teams? contact? You we were fifth from the bottom with only five on the year. Well, I guess uh, illegal
1: contact falls under pass interference. No,
0: there's there's a separate one for illegal contact as well. Uh, illegal contact, we were – we had zero. Really? Yep, zero legal contacts. Yep. But we definitely led the league, like you said, in DPI. Uh Holdings, we were at the bottom, and illegal contacts we were at the bottom. It was really the pass interferences. And, but- and my prime example is, like we were speaking about this on a show the other day, was
1: the Tennessee Titan game. AJ Brown started off on one side working on 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 Ambry Thomas. The minute he left Ambry Thomas and went to where Josh Norman was, it was over. It like it was being bang boom catch 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 flag catch flag catch. Like it was just it, it was bad.
0: Um, it was the minute he left Thomas, not just yeah. not not just Norman because Norman got him. They got him in the slot. The linebacker oh. the linebacker got him in one on one play also. In that it game. was
1: it was just it, it became like. Part of the offensive game plan, just to throw the ball at him because you know damn well a flag is coming right after it. So you have to put the blame on the on, on the corner for that. Um, my grade. I
0: was while really. You're thinking, while you're huh? thinking, we gave up the third most yards uh, in the NFL with 1,066 yards of penalty yards. And then as far as the total number of penalties, this is on both sides of the ball, by the way, when I when I give you that breakdown of yards and all that stuff. Uh, we were in the middle of the pack. We're in the middle of the pack uh, with 102 total uh, penalties. And the leader, just for, you know, count's sake, the Cowboys had 127. The least amount were the Packers was just 69. So, yeah. All right. I want to go. go. I'm gonna
1: go I mean they when when Mosley and Verette were on in, in week one, they were playing solid. And once Mosley came back with Ambry Thomas the, the the play improved, I'm gonna go with a solid C for the corners. a solid C. And that's only because of how it started then the middle where the shit hit the fan with the injuries to how it finished. That's they how it got I'm better. It
0: got better as the year went on. Yeah, though. So I'm just going with a solid C. Okay. All right. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And see, like this, this comment here, like we need corners, but I, I don't think the corners were nearly as bad as people think. I think Lenore showed a lot of promise. They just want him to play nickel. You know so he had to step away and learn his position. Uh, I think Ambry Thomas showed to be why he was a second-round pick. I, I the kid came on, third. he literally got better game after game after game. He oh, third round. Sorry. I'm sorry, but he got better That's game true. after game after game. And Emmanuel Mosley was the veteran on the team that you wanted him to be. He was. It's you know, I, I think we have decent corners here. Now we're gonna we're gonna get more. Let me be clear of what I'm saying. We're gonna get more corners because of the number of guys that are expected to walk away. Um, Tony, you want to do these contributions here really quick, and then I'll queue up the next the next uh, segment of the safeties here. Uh Sean Sherper,
1: thank you for the five dollar mm-hmm. contribution. Congrats, BY uh, Brian Young. Uh one of the be- one if the best in that draft class. Bar none, lol Tony. Uh Dana and BY were dynamic as well. Who do you think replaces WW? Who's WW? Wes Welker. Oh. Um, they have Leonard Hankerson on the staff as a quality control coach, former wide receiver um, that played for Kyle in Washington. Uh, they also have another gentleman that's on their staff. that is a, another quality control coach. Give me one second. I am just having a brain fart. I got to get his name. Um, he was with Philly, and the Niners added him. He has some of the special teams experience as well. His name is Son of Matthew Harper. He was currently an assistant special team coach with the 49ers last year. He does have a uh, positional uh, coaching experience with wide receivers from Philadelphia, so he could be a potential candidate. I don't think they go outside. I think they stay within side. Um,
0: yeah, so it, it, my opinion, I think Leonard Hankerson might get the nod. I have no idea what they're going to do. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeremy Lin kind of took over some of that role, so uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm not sure, but. Uh, Thank you so much here for the uh, contribution, man. Dana Stubblefield and Bryant Young were incredible to watch together, man. um, That's why, like, when I started paying attention to football, I didn't watch it the way that, you know, I watch it now. But when I started watching football, that's why I became a fan of the defense. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, I was a defensive guy. Maybe because the Niners, my favorite team, you know, didn't have the greatest of offenses, but they weren't bad. The defense was just as good as the offense in our in our prime and in our heyday and during our era. Uh that's one thing that I really don't understand. Have you ever looked at how many people on the 49ers offense during those years are in the in the in the Hall of Fame? It's not a lot. It's it's not a lot at all and that's something that well that's another story for another time. Mm. I'm not going to get into it, but I think if people were to look up how many Niners made the Hall of Fame uh, on the offensive side of the ball from the 7 from the late 70s to the uh early 2000s it's not a lot it's really not a lot i think you guys will be surprised at how few of those guys are in there man um milf hunter says grant cone says aziz had to tell warner where to line up twice versus the rams in the nfc championship game i don't know that to be true i don't know that to be true i'm not saying he's wrong here's what i do know though i do know that they communicate and if a corner i mean if a corner if a player sees something and he's going to do something different, he'll tell somebody, hey, take that slot instead because I'm going to go here. So I don't know if it was just that. You know what I mean? These guys have their communications when they when they call plays, just like how on, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, players have option routes and things like that. Defense has that option also in certain positions, and linebackers are one of them. Which gap are they going to decide to penetrate if they're going in on a blitz? You know what I'm saying? Um, where, What part of a zone to cover? They have those options as long as they communicate with each other. So I can't sit here and just say with a straight face this is true. I'm also not saying that Grant is wrong, Bill Hunter. So, um, you know, happy hunting. What do you, say you, Tony?
1: No, I agree with what you're saying. Um, you know, it, they could just be shifting, just doing on-the-field on adjustment on the fly. Uh, I, I, I think – with Warner wearing the green dot, he aligns pretty much everybody in the front seven, and Jimmy Ward aligns everybody in the back. So, And then you might see them to communicate on something. But I think maybe they were just, you know, listen, hey, watch this. I'm going to shoot here if this happens. You got there, like you said. So, I, I, I mean, listen, Grant could be right. Grant could be wrong. I don't know. But I'm just saying I don't recall seeing anything like that right. off the
0: top of my head. Right. Right. Um, and I do want to put this up here. The 49ers did it finally officially tweeted out here. Uh, the ultimate honor. Welcome to the pro football hall of fame. Bryant Young pro football hall of fame. 22, sure. man, this is, I I'm getting chills. Just like saying it again, I got like, goosebumps. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it's so cool, man. It's, it's so deserving. It's good to see a good guy get his due. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah i like that i like that a lot all right we're just about done here man we're gonna wrap this thing up soon but we got another position group don't go nowhere don't y'all start leaving do not start leaving all right this episode let's get started and we meant started grading the team on the year uh we started with the defensive side we worked that way from the from the defensive line back to the linebackers and we did the corners now we're gonna talk about these safeties man these safeties man um I believe it's your turn to go first here, Tony.
1: Yeah. Um, hmm.
0: Where do I go with this?
1: Um, the safeties, Jimmy Ward and tart Tarp. They, they played, I think, pretty damn well this year together. And and I'm a big on it because the history that they have and the communication, abil- the, the ability to communicate, whether it's not even looking at each other, but it's throwing hand signals, I mean, they just have an uncanny ability to, to communicate with each other because of their history. High school, former high school teammates teammates split up in college, came back to the Niners. Uh, they've been in the best same backfield for at least, what, the last f- six, seven years? I think they've been playing together as safeties, uh, maybe six as starters. But, you know, to give them a grade, before we get the grade, um, the depth, uh, we have Hufanga, you had Tavon Wilson, uh, who pretty much was relegated to a special teams role. Um, Marcel Harris left the safety group, went to a linebacker. Um, when they would go big nickel, Hufanga would come on the field, and whether it was Tart or whether it was uh, Jimmy Ward going down the cover, a slot guy. Or if they went into a dime, um, it would be Tart and Hufunga back deep. Hufunga has very high football IQ. His instincts are elite. But his problem is he's not fast. And he needs to learn how to know his speed to improve his angles and improve his play. The NFL is a lot faster than the collegiate level, as we've seen. And there were a couple instances where he took poor angles, and it, it, it cost him. But the guy flies around like a bat out of hell with his hair on fire and just hits anything in front of him. So I love him because of that, and I love his instincts. Um, so and I feel like I'm forgetting somebody as a safety. No, there's four. Yeah. So their overall
0: grade. And- Did you count Austin? Who? Austin. They Can had. Also- uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me pull it up. I'll, I'll, I'll give me give me two seconds. All right. Give me a couple seconds here. So sorry. It's Wilson, right? Did I? Yeah. 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 Hold on. I'm yeah. gonna go to it's
1: Avon Wilson. It's uh, Jimmy Ward. T'quassi I said T'quassi. Austin. I said Austin.
0: I meant. I meant Wilson because yeah. Tavon. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. So those were the four starters: yeah. Funga, um, Tart, Wilson. Uh, I got it because they they have these guys listed as DBs instead of uh oh you know what this isn't showing me the whole roster throughout the year it's just showing me what's active right now uh-huh. so that's and not... you
1: you even had Dante Johnson fall back to the safety group and get yeah. a couple of reps at times due to injury or something uh, with Chwaski Tart so I mean overall the health was pretty solid this year Tart missed one or two games I believe I don't know if he was at a long stretch. Off the top of my head, uh, Jimmy Ward balled out. He had, I think he had two interceptions this year, two or two, or two interceptions this year. Something that the 49ers secondary didn't have no turnovers last season, or maybe one or two, but they improved in that aspect. Um, now, as an overall grade, the one thing that's holding me back is, is the play, but. I'm going to give our safety group a, a – I want to go a little higher, but I'm just going to stick with a, B, a very solid B-plus for our safety group. Um, I know someone in here mad, mentioned Trevarius Moore. He was out with the Achilles. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with a B-plus for the group, uh, as for all four players. Um, they They just were all over the field making big plays, big tackles. But, of course, in the NFC Championship game, there was some poor decision-making with hits and, um, you know, whatever. It is what it is. I'm not blaming Tar for it.
0: But you just simply need to make that catch, and that's that. Yeah, yeah. and I'm going to say uh, I agree with the B-plus grade. That's exactly where I got them right now. But catch or not, the Niners still don't win that game. I'm sorry. I know I know. we think that it would have been over, but the Niners had three more possessions after that missed uh catch and they did absolutely nothing with the ball. They went backwards. So I <laughs> that catch wasn't going to be enough. If the defense didn't score or the special teams didn't score like they did against the 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 Packers, we didn't have a chance in that game. Uh at that point, not in the fourth quarter. My opinion. My opinion. I could be wrong. I do know people said that, well once you get in Stafford's head, he starts making more bonehead mistakes. Maybe that could have been a trickle down effect, but we we won't know. And the offense just vanished. So uh, that's that. But, you know, I, I, I'm going to agree with you with the B plus because um, not only not only, you know, are you talking about two safeties, but Funga really grew up in the system. Uh, they used him down as like a linebacker position sometimes, and they move them back up to safety. And then they he gave them um, the ability to rotate those three guys between him, Ward and Tart. He gave them that ability at times. You know what I'm saying? Um, it was really, really cool to see how they work those safeties in and out and use the um, use their speed, their height, their coverage skills to their advantage when they were lacking in other parts of the, of, of the game, you know? And by the way, you know, I know he played linebacker this year, but Harris, I'm going to include him and give given this B plus to the safety group, these guys numbers were called to play different positions and roles. And when other corners were called up to play safety, they were still all prepared and played very, very well. This was a very well prepared group of players on the team. I would say second best to the defensive line, uh, and that's why I'm going to give them the B plus. I gave the defensive line a, a, an A. Um, I'm going to give this group a B plus. They are they are very, very close to being an A minus. But uh, you know, I just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that. You know, we need to get more turnovers from them guys. I would like to get more playmakers at turnovers and all that. Uh, you know, but I just, there are ways that they could have improved. Um, There were a couple of, I mean, anytime it's a busted coverage is big, right? You know what I'm saying? Like anytime that the safety is not the deepest guy, it's something to be worried about. And too many times I saw them running across the field. You saw Ward out of place and, and Tart having to run across the field against the Eagles to make the tackle. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you probably don't win that game without that tackle from Tart on that play because it was a low scoring game. And it seemed like just one big play away from doing something. And the Niners held them from scoring after that big ass 90-yard play. First time in NFL history that a team goes 90 plus yards on the play and doesn't get points. First mm-hmm. time. All right. So just keep that in mind. You know what I'm saying? So these guys played their asses off. They fought hard to the very end. Um, you know, and you know, they, they had some big, big, big plays, they had a couple of oofs but there was definitely definitely more good than bad from our safety position uh and that's including the rookie you know that's including the corner that had to go up and play safety that includes the safety that had to go down and play linebacker those guys really went out there and they brought it and i was very very proud of that group um and the safeties i believe those were the ones that did all the communicating and that secondary you know what i'm saying and so because of that they definitely get a b plus a very high b plus i'm talking like like they're right there they're right there so uh kudos to those guys yeah all right um on the next show guys we'll break down the offense or should we do or should we do no yeah no no we'll do offense and then we'll do um we'll do offense next on the next show and then after that we will do um uh special teams and then coaching grades in the same episode all right, we'll do special teams and coaching grades in the same episode. This was a lot of fun, man. Tony. Uh, I just gotta give you guys some personal updates. I know I whispered last time, my wife knows. Uh, Mickey is still alive. He's he's <laughs> running around, he's running around there now. I can hear him. Uh, what he doesn't know is that I went on Amazon and bought about $120 worth of gadgets. I'm gonna get his ass. I'm I'm gonna get him. Mickey got Mickey's gotta go. You know, Mickey. if Mick, if Mickey doesn't go, my wife is gonna leave. So I got, I got to catch Mickey. He's got to go.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And none of those humane traps where you you walk him a block away and try to let him out and all that stuff. No, he's got to die. He's got to die. So, uh, yeah, Mickey Mickey is um, alive and well. He's uh, Any dog food crumbs that are on the floor, he, he, he mops the floor for us uh, in the middle of the night. You know, he does a good job of cleaning up after the dog. So Niner and Mickey are in cahoots. I think Niner's looking for some companion or something like that. He's trying to slide his homie some food but uh, he's going to be in for a rude awakening once his Amazon prime shipments comes in tomorrow. So <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, any other updates, man? Uh, any, anything else, man? Um, you know, this defense, you know, I, what was the lowest grade we gave tonight? Was it a C minus? Uh, yeah, that was to the linebackers, right? No, the corners, the corner, corners, corners, corners. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Corners. Oh, Linebackers. What am I talking about? Um, yeah, I, I know we we got to save it, but man, man oh man. I think for his first time as a defensive coordinator that considering a C minus is the lowest grade that you got, Demico Ryan's did a hell of a job. Mm-hmm. He did a hell of a job. Way more deserving to be a head coach than Mike McGraney, but that's another story for another time. Uh so yeah, I like it, man. I like it. Uh, let me ask can I ask you this real quick and then I'll let you go? Uh since I'm talking about Demico Ryan excuse me, had he not turned down the Vikings' second interview, you think they would have took him? I know we don't have a way of knowing it or anything like that. We're just How do you feel? Uh, uh, I don't know. Um And in addition to that, while you're thinking on it, do you think that they would have took him and him turning down that second interview. Do you think that made all the other teams say, "Forget it. We're not even going to call him if he's turning down second interviews." Clearly, he wants to stay. That yes. Okay.
1: That I think. Okay. That I think. But I I also think if Peters went somebody if Peters went somewhere, I think Ryan would might have won. If that Peters. Peters- what do you think? He would have got a a, a a general manager job. Mm-hmm. I think he could have potentially went. I do, Nico, Yeah.
0: How how are you linking them two together in your head? And no, I don't owe Croc. I did my push-ups on the show. Um, because
1: they worked with they they've worked with each other since they've been there, the two of them, and. Your general manager is going to try to take a coach that he knows, so that's why I, I paired them. Oh,
0: too. okay. You think you think if Peter's got a GM job, then yeah. D'Amico goes as head coach? Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. okay. And what do you think about Sean's contribution here? Uh, it's Hufunga, it's Huff H U F, but he says, You think Hufunga is fast enough to move to linebacker?
1: No. He's not big enough either. He's not big enough. He would get swallowed up by guards. And it, it's it, it's not a knock against him, but especially the way the 49ers use their linebackers in this scheme. No.
0: He's got to be – he he's good where he's at. It's, it's so weird. I, I'll be completely honest with you, man. When I was watching the game tape of him and – uh looking at his numbers and all, I, I didn't think he had the speed to be a safety in the NFL if I'm being completely honest with you. I was really really worried about his the game speed uh, at this level but he surprised the shit out of me he surprised me he really really because did. when
1: you're that far back it becomes about instincts and, and angles and, and yeah and stuff like that and when you have the ability to have that in the IQ with the instincts and the in and, and the angles how to take an angle I think that can mask your speed deficiency.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right man, I think that's going to do it man again. I, I, can't, I can't say it enough man. I'm very very happy for my guy Bryant Young tonight. Uh shout out to all of you guys out here that decide to sit here and chill with us. Um and uh shout out to Mickey for making another night. He is getting into something. It's okay. I'm going to get it back in blood. Oh, that's, oh, that's a, it's a, the a, a music. It's a, uh, Never mind, whatever. Uh, Tony, it's time for final thoughts, man. Let's go home, bro. Final thoughts. What you got? Um,
1: yeah, as far as the coaching vacancies and you see, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, I honestly think you might see at least another one or two leave. Scangrella, I think, could go to Miami. I think uh, I'm just trying to run through my head who else is there. Uh if he can't land the defensive coordinator that he wants, I think potentially Betcher could become a candidate. Um, but the one person I will flip this friggin' house upside down, they are not getting Koseric. They are not getting Koseric. I will I will fly out there and I will not allow that. Kosarik is going nowhere. He has a lifetime contract with the
0: 49ers. Didn't he interview with the Dolphins like recently? Kosarik? No, he's been with yeah. the Lions. Not he not this famous. not this not this cycle. I thought. When's the last time the Dolphins were looking for? Wait, 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 wait. Who was there before Kosarik? Who was the defensive line coach before Kosarik? Is Zagina, Zaganiga? He go to Miami? He
1: might have went to Miami. Uh somebody. Jeff,
0: Jeff Zogina. Jeff Z G. There he is. He's a defensive line coach. He's in Washington right now. Is he? he yeah, he's in Washington. I thought he went. To, I, was, I thought he was with the Dolphins. Why do I think he went to the Dolphins? No, he went to Washington, twenty twenty. Huh? Well, he played for the Dolphins. Maybe that's the Dolphins connection on our defensive line. I got my – I don't know. I knew somebody on our coaching staff on on the defensive line was linked to the Dolphins, but I didn't think it was – maybe that was what it was. He played for the Dolphins. All right, cool. All right. Uh, Sorry, I interrupted your final thoughts.
1: No, that's fine. So, I mean, just be patient. Don't panic. Kyle has a plan. Um, Like I said, you could see potentially one or two more go – there's some guys out there that that you know I, I would be interested in, if you know, let's say Scangrella did leave, I would try to pick up the phone and get John Beck in there as a quarterback coach, or uh, John V. Filippo, who was uh, once a, a high candidate for even a head coaching spot, but then he got involved with offensive coordinating play calling with multiple teams. Um, yeah, someone just said Jordan Palmer, but Jordan Palmer has a big school. He's like has a private thing going on where he's pretty damn successful with. Um, Yeah. So, you know, the one guy I'm a little concerned about is a tight end coach. I don't know what Kyle's going to do with that as far as what direction he wants to go in or out. But like, you know, there's, there's guys on this, on this staff, like the Bobby Sloboks, like I mentioned about, he could become your new offensive coordinator. Uh, he currently is the passing game coordinator. There is um, there's there's a bunch of guys, and Kyle, and Kyle builds his team. He builds his staff on the way where they know if someone's leaving, they pull right from there. Brian Fleury, who's an offensive uh, quality control coach, is another guy that can take a positional spot with the 49ers. Um, Hankerson, who I think, in my opinion, is the favorite to – become the wide receiver coach, the special teams guy. I could it be Harper, could it be somebody outside. I think I think it might be somebody outside. But you know, just just stay calm. There's a plan in place. Now with the new rumor of Fangio potentially coming on as a consultant is only going to help this defense get better and add a, a different variant to the defense. Um so yeah, so just just stay calm, keep your eyes peeled. If something breaks, we'll give it, we'll bring it to you. But you know,
0: just 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 have faith. that's all. Yeah, my final thoughts are going to be short and sweet, guys, man. Just stay patient. You know what I'm saying. It's going to be a very, very fun off season. Um, I'm excited to see this team build the offense around Trey Lance and what they think his strengths are. This is going to be a very telling season uh, for the value of of Rich Gangarello. You know, this guy was brought back. I, in, in my opinion, to specifically coach Trey Lance, uh, and he had all year with him. I cannot wait to see what what he was able to do. Um, I'm very excited about the addition of Anthony Lynn, and uh, like I said, it's time to build around this, the the strength and playing style of Trey Lance, and I want to see uh, what Kyle can do with all that. So I'm excited about that. Um, as the coaching staff is put together. And as they're picked apart, we will be bringing it to you guys. So uh, when things are official, we will be doing breaking news videos. So make sure you guys are locked in, have those notifications turned on. And that's really going to do it for us tonight, guys. Thank you all for rocking with us, man. We'll have some cool stories and stuff like that for you guys later on. All right. So that's going to do it, man. I'm ready to go home. Tony, you good? Yes, sir. Prepare for glory. Anticipate pain. Always remain faithful. We'll see you guys later. One. Oh, I should have started the song. Here it is. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey, See, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. If you looking to find us, we them nothing banana. We, 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 we nothing but niners. Nothing but niners. We nothing We nothing but niners. Chimers. We nothing but niners. We them banana.